Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Today, he's a wonderful guy. His name is Scott White and life is too short to live in a bad way. So he's a he's he's got a book out. It's called Life is Too Short Guy. He's a wonderful author and um, a, a really cool dude. So it's uh, we've had him on before, and it's fun to have him back. Um, so, Scott, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just finished a, a, a podcast, and now I get to do another one. This is like I'm happier than a pig in poop. <laughs> I'm glad you're having a great day. Uh, I, I, you know, I try really hard, as I know you do, to, to you know, there was, there was a guy, he's passed on now, but his name was uh, Frosty Westerling, and he was the coach of PLU for like 30 years or some ridiculous thing, and he won national championships, and, and one of the uh, things that he always said, and he wrote a book about it, in fact, it's called Make It a Great Day. And so that was his his genre that he would go into every football practice and talk to every kid and said, it's your responsibility to make it a great day. That's kind of how I feel. I know you feel kind of the same way, I think. Absolutely. I think that that's a good way to capture the essence of it. You have the ability to, to control the, the way you approach life in the day and make every day the best day ever. That's actually the, uh, the subtitle of the book is strategies to make every day the best day ever. And I was, I was really pleased. The last time you were here, um, I would make I made a couple of comments, and you said, "Yeah, that's rule number ten, or that's rule number six, or, or whatever." So exactly I would right. like to, I would like to go through that with you today because I think it's really, really important. Because you know, I have people now. I I have a show called Positive Talk Radio. Maybe you've heard of it, and so I have people that will say to me. Oh, come on. Positive talk radio. How schlocky is that? That can't be that nobody is positive all the time and you, you can't you're faking it and, and stuff. And, and I, I don't I, I believe in the concept of being positive, uh, that it can change. It can change your life and those people around you. Look, no question. I mean, to, to say that every minute is amazing and perfect and to say every day is the best day ever, um, it, it's not possible. However, to have the ability to strive to make every day the best day ever, to, to look at setbacks, to look at disappointments, to look at whatever that negative word is that's floating through your head and find that, that ounce of positivity in it, that's what it's all about. And I, I think the Positive Talk Radio is a good way of reminding people because we sometimes need reminders, right? It's it's human nature to revert sort of to the mean, but if we could push more people in a positive direction, it creates a ripple effect, and it, it just makes each of our lives, the world around us, so much better. And it involves your your energy and who you are and how you perceive the world. And even when you're talking to perfect strangers that you've never met, and and they they're the cashier or they're they're the, the waitress you know it's 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 funny scott and i don't i gotta ask you if you do this as well i when when i go out to eat with somebody and i judge their sincerity and their and their realism by how they treat the people that are waiting on them oh no doubt no doubt and it's not just that it's it's how people just treat the world around them that 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 stranger that that service provider whether it's the waiter whether it's the the coffee barista whether it's the 
Um, you know, and I, I, I remember starting many years ago, um, you know, my, my career started on Wall Street. And I started probably 25 years ago. And I remember talking to people about, and this was a different era, but, but we had a, a copy and production room, right? So it was a 24-hour room where people worked around the clock, copying books, putting them together, putting together presentations, you know, literally a copy room. And one of the very early lessons somebody taught me is don't realize, don't underestimate how important the, the men and women are in the copy room. Make sure you take care of them. Make sure you treat them with respect. Make, and that was sort of a, a good, look, I always did that, but it was a good reminder that, you know, everyone is important. Everyone has a story. Everyone has an opportunity to, to, to make someone else's life better, happier. I love engaging with people. I love engaging with strangers. I have so many stories of, of just talking. I, so, so I have a great story last week. Literally, this is five days old. I, uh, I'm out on a book tour and I'm, I'm presenting at a lot of conferences and companies. I'm doing workshops and I, I gave a keynote last week at a conference in Utah. And the day before the keynote, actually two days before, I take it back. I had to fly out early. Two days before, I got in the elevator and there was a gentleman already on the elevator. And I literally just smiled. I'm like, how you doing? He's like, good. How are you? I'm doing well. Where are you in from? Oh, I'm in from New Jersey. Oh, so am I. We're on the elevator. 20, 25 seconds. We get off, we exchange sort of contact info. I, I ping him on LinkedIn or something that night. The next morning I wake up, he invites me to dinner. We spent 25 seconds together on the elevator. I had gone to dinner the night before my keynote with, I guess there were about seven or eight gentlemen that were attending the conference. The next day they came to the keynote, grabbed me afterwards. They loved it. I have like new friends just from smiling and saying hello in the elevator. That's a great story. That, that that really is cool. That that and and that has happened so rarely these days. That you know, because people are not willing to reach out to one another, and especially you know, I could just see the reverse being true, where you and he get on the elevator and you're looking down at your phone yeah. and don't even recognize that the other human being is there. So true, so true. And and look, it's not even just the strangers. It's in fact, I think where you started the question is even import, more important approach in terms of what about those that are providing service to you? How often do we either look down on people that are maybe providing service to you or just ignore them? They're not even humans. They're just service providers. They're whatever they are. You know, I, I, I tell a great story in the book that was really fun. I called, I'm pretty sure it was United Airlines. I'm not sure the exact airline, but I think it was United Airlines probably two years ago. Um, and I can't remember the, the context of the call, but I, I, I called and and the, the conversation, you know, the woman said, you know, thank you for being a United One Pass member. How can I help you? And, and instead of starting with, I need, I started with something like, oh, good morning to you. What was your name again? Oh, so nice to meet you. I can't remember her name at the moment. Long story short, and I talk about this in the book, we ended up probably being on the phone for 20 to 25 minutes. I know, I know she lives in Chicago. I know she has three children. I know she's worried about one of her children who has a hard time managing money like her father did. I know about her husband. And anyway, this is 20, 25 minutes where someone who normally gets a call and immediately is, well, here's what I need. Here's, a, you know, I missed my flight. I'm mad about this. I don't like that. How can you help me? Blah, blah, blah. It was such a simple thing that I needed. I don't even remember. It could have been done in, in probably two minutes, 25 minutes, engage with this person. She felt good. I felt good. We had a wonderful bonding conversation. It gets back to exactly what you said. And you show up at that dinner table, treat the waiter and waitress with respect. How about the busser? How about the, you know, I was out to dinner uh, last two nights ago. Um, I was out on, out in Utah again. I was, I was out there for the conference and my wife um, uh, met me out there. We went to dinner. 
And during dinner, the the person, the I guess the busboy, you'd call him, the, the person filling our water glass and, you know, making sure the table was taken away, the plates or whatever, was so cordial and so kind. We started engaging with him in a separate conversation. Forget about the waiter. And then we ended up giving him a tip at the end of the meal separate from the waiter to show him some level of, of love and respect and trust. And again, these are all humans that have a story they want to share. It is, it is so true. And uh, the reverse, unfortunately, is also true. I got into a quick story. I have a, uh, was a guy that was uh, fancying himself as a spiritual guru. And he was, he was, he wanted to speak in front of a large group of people. He wanted to be an influencer. And he had a, a particular way that of speaking in front of people that would give them the impression that he was highly spiritual, highly positive, loved all people. So I, I, because I was doing the radio and we got to talking and, uh, and I started working with him a little bit, we end up in a restaurant. Um, I would go to a uh, conference and uh, we're off in a restaurant, just he and I. And um, the waitress comes up and he was rude. He was rude to her. In my opinion, now I'm, I grew up in the restaurant business, so in my opinion it was a it was rude to the extent that she got the fact that he was being rude and she did nothing wrong. And uh, it's just, you know, that the, the, the cook was, you know, they were, it doesn't matter what this, right. but, but the thing was that he was not preaching what he was. He was not doing what he was preaching. Right. And so when somebody does that, so I, I, I quit working with him the next day. Because I can't, I'm not going to tolerate people that are mean to other people needlessly and, and without that forgiveness in their heart when they're professing that in every, in everyday life that they talk about. It just, the hippo, the hypocritical nature of it just drives me crazy. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. I'm out with, with people that I, don't always love the way they treat other people, the way they, they treat, as I said, customer service providers. Um, you know, I, I try to casually remind people. And, and one of my favorite things to do is, is when if somebody's mistreating somebody, I just remind them, you know, that's that's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's mother. Exactly. That's somebody's son. Like to you, it's just, a, 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 I guess, a faceless person to a certain degree. But don't forget, stop and think you have a, an aunt, an uncle, a mother, a brother, a sister, a dad, whatever it is that's somebody else's relative and treat them as such. You know, is you know, it's interesting in my background. Um, I've gone from talking to vice presidents going up onto the fifth floor of the offices and, and meeting them and then going and playing golf and I had the company credit card and could whip it out. And anytime I wanted to and take them out to dinner and to do all that kind of stuff to driving a city bus in Seattle. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you've taken the bus lately, but it's not like sitting in front of a vice president. It's a completely different experience because nobody treats you with any respect when you're when you're a bus driver. And so you have to learn that it's, people are just people. And it doesn't matter if they're wearing a suit on the fifth floor or if they're exactly uh, right. sitting there with, you know, with with a uh, syringe in their arm. They're just people. So you treat them all with respect and, and honor the journey that they're walking. Couldn't agree more. So tell us more about the book. When did you, uh, when did you decide to write the book? I know that this is a kind of a lifestyle for you, but when did you decide to write the book and what does it mean to you to have it out there now? 
So the book's been, um, I'd say, a long journey that accelerated in a meaningful way last year. This has been one of those things that was on my list for many years of someday you'll write a book. And I couldn't tell you what it would be about or when I'd write it or how I'd even go about it. But there's lots of things I want to do in my life. And one of them was write a book. And then during COVID, I'd say in uh, early 2021, I started working with a, a new executive coach. So I'm not a full-time writer. I'm actually the, the I, I run a real estate company. I'm the CEO and chairman of a public real estate company. And I started working with an executive coach. And in our second meeting, first meeting, we did a couple of assessments. Second meeting is exactly how he said it, which, which I remember so fondly. He's like, dude, you're like Mr. Life is too short guy. Everything has got to get it done. Get it done today. Urgency, happiness, like your life is too short guy. And I'm like, I guess, yeah, that, that's true, but never really thought of it in that, that sort of definition or context. And that night, this again was early 2021, probably just over two years ago, I mentioned it to my wife and, and I'm very blessed and lucky. I've been with my wife since high school. We've been together 30 some odd years and, and she knows when, uh, when I have this sort of idea or whatever, I, I mentioned, you know, Kevin, the, the coach called me, life is too short guy. She's like, maybe that's your book. And I said, what would that be? book be about like I can't even fathom it and anyway she she planted the seed she she watered it a little bit over the next couple of days she checked in with me she's like you know have you thought about the book and I started drafting some notes this was again early 2021 and then it probably hit about this time of year it was probably March 2021 and I'm a big college basketball fan and I pivoted to watching college basketball like a lot of people are right now and I'm going to very soon and and the book died I, it just I, I had a few pages of notes and it was like all right someday I'll get to it and then early in, very early in 2022 the, the first week in 2022 I was watching a webinar and I saw a, a a person speak by the name of Eric Custer and Eric is a professor at Georgetown University he teaches in the um, MBA program and he teaches entrepreneurship and one of the concepts he came up with years ago was to teach book writing through the lens of entrepreneurship it became wildly popular and he opened up classes and coaching and things like that to non-georgetown students and i signed up and and went through his his program and worked with the editors and and spent all of 2022 writing and then um his published company new degree press published it it came out in early january and it has been absolutely amazing wonderful i can't say enough of all, so by definition, as you can tell, I'm on the Positive Talk radio show, and I wrote a book, The Life is Too Short, guys. So kind of everything I do, I love. This was by far the most fun project I've worked on in the last decade for so many reasons. And now to have it out there and to see it living and breathing and talking about it and 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 getting feedback from people is so gratifying. It, it is sort of taking me to a, a new level of my own happiness and fulfillment. It just was released. What what was the date that it, that it dropped, as they say? Um, unofficially, last week in December. We're officially saying beginning of January. So it's been out about two months, and I um, I have been named an Amazon number one bestseller. And last week, I got a literary Titan Gold Award as well for the book. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit of accolades, but more importantly, the feedback I'm getting from people is just so much fun. Well, you're going to have to put uh, more room on the front of the book for all the awards you're going to get. I hope so. But in the end, the, the, the rewards of people's reactions, like the number of people that have texted me, sent me a note on, on social media, that have emailed me, that they're finding themselves smiling more. They're finding themselves um, uh, talking to more strangers. I got a note from somebody who's, who's a friend of mine who said uh, he was standing in line ordering a juice and he started crying. He started crying. He had read only the first five or six pages of my book. And at the beginning of the book, I talk about an experience when I was 10 years old and my father had a heart attack. 
and he has a 10 year old son and my father did survive, but he said it, it sort of hit him as I can't imagine not being there for my son. And he said, it's really like just through five pages, it changed his sort of step back, reflect. I got to be there for my son because I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I've heard from people that have said they, they started writing a screenplay because I inspire them. Someone who went out and became a, a coach, like an athletic, a triathlon coach, because they read the book. And one of the concepts is take a chance and get it done today. So that, you want to talk about awards. It doesn't matter the sticker on the book. It's people calling and telling you, you had a meaningful impact in my life. I, I've, I've spent my whole life wanting to get someplace where I feel like I'm really having a positive impact on society. This book and, and this sort of talking to people is what it's all about. It's pretty cool when you think about the impact that you can have on people that you've never met. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's, I haven't even really thought about that yet, Kevin. Uh, it's so new to me. Again, it, it dropped, call it two months ago, and I've got a lot of feedback from people that I know, friends, family, relatives, you know, even distant sort of business acquaintances. But, but the concept hasn't completely percolated up as you've just presented it. Think about all the people that are going to pick it up that, that you've never known, and you'll never meet. And you'll have a positive impact on them. Wow, that that sort of is 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 unbelievable. Well, it's like one of the stories that I that I'll tell is that uh, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter how, but there your book is going to be. It could be in a secondhand bookstore. It could be um, in on somebody's uh, uh, shelf, and somebody's going to pick it up, and it's going to change their life. And it could be ten years. It could be five years. It could be twenty years from now, and so your legacy if you will it will change people's lives over a course of time you'll never get the privilege of meeting them all but they will be impacted by it and that's why you were put on this planet i firmly believe agreed 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 and i I think i'm realizing that more now i've I've done so many fun things in my life and as i recently said to my wife I've, i've figured out my true passion and calling and this is it I mean, being here with you tonight, no kidding. Like, this is super fun. Like, I love this. I love talking about it. I, I could do this all day. I could. I can't wait to talk to the next organization, company, friends, anybody that wants to listen. I love it. I'm so inspired to make the world happier. And it's people like you that will, in fact, make the world happier. I've, I firmly believe that that's that's why you that's why you and I are here, um, is to is to create something that that other people can can say. I can do that too. They're not any more special than I am. I can do that. I can create this. I can write that screenplay. I can write that book. I can I can become a musician. I can uh, coach little kids. I can, you know, the world is our oyster. We can do anything we want to until we say we can't. And that's the problem is most of us say, well, I can't do that. It's, it's so true. And just like last time you and I spoke, you, you have the book down. Yeah, I don't even know if you read it, but you, 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 you read from the same script. You and I think the same way. And one of the things that I, I went, I, I, I was painstaking about in writing this book is to make it super easy, super approachable, super practical. It's exactly the point you just made, Kevin. And, and I'm so glad you made it. Anyone can do this. This is not, this book is not a academic book. It's not an elitist book. It's not a theoretical book. Anyone can pick this up. In fact, I've had a number of friends that have reached out to me that said, you know what, Scott, I'm just not a reader. I got to be honest with you. The last book I read was was probably in college and I haven't read in decades, but I read your book like in two sittings. And it, it, it's so sort of, you, you read it and you take away like, I could do that. This isn't that hard. In fact, if you want to be critical, you go look at the book and be like, 
I can't believe this is in a book. Like this is really book material, but that's the whole point. The whole point is that anyone can listen to this, can read the book and be like, you know what? I can live a happier life. I don't, he, he, Scott's no better than me. Kevin's no more special than me. Like we could do this. And that's my mission. And a, a great mission it is, you know, um, a story that I like to tell, and I probably told it a few times on 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 the air, but um, there was a long long time ago. Uh, I was part of a network marketing group, and uh, we were uh, going to make a million dollars being network marketers, and uh, and we had a particular product, and we had a mentor, and this guy. There were six of us, and this mentor kept on saying, "This is what you must do. This is what you must do. You must do this. Do this. Do this." And so, and we were all saying, "Oh man, that's hard." Uh, this that's going to be really hard. I can't. I don't think I can do this. It's going to be really hard. And uh, one day, one of the gals um, came in. She said, "You know what? I've decided that this is going to be easy. It's going to be easy, and I'm going to make it work, and it's going to be fun, and I'm going to have a great time doing it, and it's going to be joyful, and it's going to be easy." She now is a multimillionaire in that company. The rest of us are no longer in that company because it was hard. So we gave it up for her. It was easy. And, but it was all simply her mindset. Nothing else changed. You couldn't have said it better. And that's exactly the point is everyone can do this. It's not that hard. It requires work. There's no doubt you need to be uh, very specific. You need to be deliberate. You need to want to do it, but the tools and the concepts are not hard at all. And that's the whole idea is because I think if you, if you make it too complicated and you make it too hard, people are turned off to it. If people look at it and be like, huh, this is pretty easy. That's the point. Yeah. I, I got to ask you because, you know, because our lives are not like uh, puppy dog tails and roses and sweet smelling stuff all the time that there occasionally is a bad day or that something happens that is not uh, a, a real estate deal falls through as an example or or something like that that costs you some money or whatever how do you deal with it so like everyone else i have setbacks i have uh, disappointments and i start by thinking about some of the principles i talk in the book the one uh, the most important the underlying principle is attitude is everything the power of positivity and i find ways to find positive angles to to um in everything is bad i'm going to give you a really uh, ridiculous example where most people will listen to this and they'll be like huh that's a bad day for him rough life but Look, we, we all have bad days. I'm just going to want to, I want to give a real time example, a real time sort of. So I mentioned before, I love college basketball. Love it. I'm passionate about it. I, 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 I embrace it. March. I mean, all I do is I love college basketball and, and I'm a big fan of Rutgers sports. I, I went to Rutgers. I'm a big supporter. And yesterday I hopped on a 5 a.m. flight from the, from Utah to get home to the East coast so I can make it in home, make it home in time for for the selection show, okay? So the selection show was on uh, Sunday. And I look, 5 a.m., I'm up at 1.30. I get delayed. My luggage got lost. My luggage got misplaced. My, uh, I, we got home probably 40 minutes before the selection show is on. We have 20 people coming over, right? So, so everything's kind of lining up, so on and so forth. We watch the show. Rutgers is supposed to make the tournament, and Rutgers gets snubbed. They're one of the first teams that didn't make the tournament devastating for me i'm really upset i I, look i planned my whole day around it i I took an early flight home i barely made it home i lost my luggage so on and so forth 
two seconds after it's announced, I look around and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? We're going to the NIT tournament, the second tournament. That's great. We're going to make the most of it. We're going to get tickets. And oh, by the way, I blocked off three or four days on my calendar because I was going to go travel with the team and be there. And now I have that time available to do other things. And oh, by the way, now I could set my schedule for the week because it was really uncertain. So, so instead of like dwelling within seconds on, I can't believe that they didn't make it. I know this is kind of a goofy example. This isn't like, you know, you've been set back in a big way in life, but it's a small example of where I planned my whole day. I flew across the country. I wanted so badly to, to be selected. We didn't within seconds. I'm pivoting and finding the positives. That is a beautiful example. That, that really is. And it's bigger than, you know, you might think, because what, what it tells me is see every, every day, every moment of our lives is a series of moments. Every moment we get an opportunity to choose how we're going to deal with and address that particular moment. And so even if you have a bad moment, you can readdress that in the next moment because it's coming until it doesn't, in which case you don't have to worry about it anymore. But, uh, but when you, but it's a series of moments and you get to pick. So you can, you can sit there and stew and, and yell at the officials and, and say, oh, the whole thing is rigged and Rutgers yep. didn't do what they deserve. The, the whole nine yards. I, I learned that when I used to watch this in the Seahawks are my team. And when they would lose, it would ruin my day. And it got to the point where it's like, why are you allowing these high-priced athletes that are running around the field and it's affecting your day why would you allow that to happen so i don't anymore but and, and it sounds like you made that pivot as well right and away. you turned it into a good thing that's it that's it i found positives and i found and you know that's a good example on the one hand i kind of laugh because it wasn't that big a deal but it was a big deal to me and i found a way to to quickly pivot and the point is as you think about it you don't need a, a major shock to the system right so so in the book, I lay out their 10 principles and I give examples in my own life where I live these principles and stories. But what's even more interesting than my examples is I, I weave through probably a dozen stories of people who have had major setbacks in life, people that have become paralyzed, people that have dealt with death of a, of a child or a spouse, people that have uh, overcome uh, very serious illnesses. And my point for the reader and now for the listener in talking about my little basketball story is you don't need that major aha, bam, kick in the head, life throws you down to start living a better life, to, to realize there's ways of pivoting, to, there's ways of finding positivity. Why wait until you have that major setback, that major whatever it is, illness, accident, death, something bad to reassess and, and change your perspective? And that's the point of why I'm here tonight. And that's the point of why I wrote the book. Little things, little changes, little tweaks, little tools, little perspective changes. You can live such a better life. Without the stress, without the, the stuff that goes along with it, the anger. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of negativity that, that goes in with being stressed out. And it's, it's, it's like, have you ever uh, been late to an appointment? I hate to be late. Just can't stand being late. And you're late to an appointment, and you, so you're driving, and every light turns red have you ever had one of those moments oh, and yeah. you're turn red again the universe is against me everybody's against me and in i was having one of those moments and i thought to myself that's kind of stupid don't you think that you're having that moment of everything's against you and you're creating you're creating that all by itself and nobody else quite frankly gives a flip um 
Look, I think it's a it's a great one. Of the, another thing that I talk about in the book is, is no excuses. So instead of finding uh, an excuse, just make it happen. I'm going to give you another example from from last week. These are all real time, small examples. That's the whole point is you could bring this to yes. the real world. Um, it's a little bit funny, although my wife says it's a little bit insane. I'm not sure I should share the example. Um, so I woke up last Wednesday, same hotel. I'm, I'm presenting at a conference uh, or Thursday. I'm sorry. I'm presenting at the conference. I'm giving a keynote and I, I supposed to check out of the room by 11, but I'm presenting at 11. So I'd really like to just keep my luggage and stuff in the room so I can go back afterwards and change. So I go down to the desk at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, actually, I called the night before. Can I get a late checkout? You have to check in the morning. So I go down. It's, it's 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, I'm wearing my gym clothes because I'm going to go to the gym afterwards. And I go to the front desk. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to check out by 11, but I'm, I'm giving a talk at 11. Could I get a, a late checkout? Well, sir, let me see if we need your room. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We do need your room. Like, all right, well, look, I really need a, a place. Can I just pay? I'll, I'm prepared to pay for the extra night or half a night or whatever you charge. No, sir, that room has already been assigned. We, we actually can't let you stay in the room. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little perturbed. I'm a little upset. I'm, I was prepared to pay. Anyway, you move on. This is not that big a deal. I'm in my gym clothes. I go up to the gym. It's now like 6.15 in the morning shorts t-shirt because i'm going to work out inside the gym is packed wall to wall i've never seen so many people that want to work out not only is every treadmill i'm a big runner every treadmill completely booked but there's three people for every treadmill waiting against the wall to get on the treadmill so now i've already been told you have to leave your room and you're probably not gonna get a workout in because you can't wait an hour to get on the treadmill so i i, I think for a minute wow your day's off to a to a rough start as you said the world is conspiring against me i can't get a room i can't get a run and i was like you know what the hell with it. Life's too short. Shorts, t-shirt, Utah, March, 24 degrees. I went out and I ran five miles and I didn't care. I was enjoying every minute of it. I was cold, but I was like, you know what? It was a, a sense of agency, a sense of, I'm not going to make an excuse and be like, ah, you know, the world's conspiring. I can't work out today. No way. I went out and I ran and I came back. I was damn cold. I will tell you my thumb, my fingers were so cold. I couldn't stop my watch when I got in. I just had to look down and wait until my, my fingers warmed up. And I don't know if it was the safest or healthiest thing, but I felt so good. I took control of the situation instead of letting the situation control me. That's and that's huge. That 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 really is because you could you could have spent all day. And, and the interesting thing is, if you go down that road and you continue down that road, it snowballs. Yep. Yep. The the the, the rest of your day not only gets bad, it gets shittier and shittier as time goes on. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The world, exactly. like you said, the world is conspiring against me. Everyone's going to get me. I, I, why allow that when you could nip it in the bud? Again, a very simple kind of goofy example. But I was like, you know what? I own this. I'm taking control of this. I'm going out and running. 24 degrees, I'll survive. I survived. I'm no worse off for it. <laughs> and, and you had fun doing it. And, and uh, your fingers probably didn't. But uh, that's, that's all right. So are you a runner? I am a runner. I love to run. I run, uh, I've run 15 marathons so far. Cool. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I just finished an interview with a, a gal by the name of Fritz. I don't know if you know her, but she is a marathon announcer. And so she does, goes around the country and announces marathons for, you know, like, uh, when they're at the starting, there's somebody that will say, hey, ready, set, go. And okay. she's a blonde lady. I don't know if you've ever run one that uh, she's been there. She's a fitness guru, a blonde lady. She had cancer um, and she recovered from her cancer and all of that. But, but because you're a runner as well, she's um, that was, that was a fun interview to do because again, it was real positive. She, 
even even while she was going through she had breast cancer and even when she was going through all that all that 33 radiation treatments 26 uh, chemotherapy treatments and she still kept flying she still kept announcing the the uh, um the races because she was like what am i going to do sit home and be sick if i'm going to be sick i'd rather go go out and about and do some stuff so it's all the mindset it's oh, all the mindset it's 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 just beautiful. I have to ask you because when I went to high school, got out of high school in '75, I knew a bunch of people who decided that high school sweetheart was the one for me, and I was going to get married. So they did. Uh, of all the people that that in my high school that got married right out of high school, only two sets are still there. And you married your high school sweetheart. I wonder, do you have a can you give us some success to tips on how you can make a relationship, especially when you start when you're 17, 18, 19, you're still a kid. You don't know anything. And to make that pivot from being a kid to growing up and then being able to put it together and to stay together and to still love each other without shooting each other. That's a whole different thing. How'd you guys do it? I wish I had a quick, easy answer. Maybe that'll be the next book. I, I don't think it was a quick, easy answer. I, I think I'm, I'm very fortunate. We're both very fortunate and that we really just grew up together, right? We didn't, I can't even remember life, fathom life. I had no life until she came along, right? I, I was 16 years old. Um, we've been together now 33 years. So we've grown up together. We've, we've learned from each other. We've grown together. And thank God we haven't grown apart yet. I mean, that's that's possible, right? I mean, with with every sort of relationship and couple, you know, you, you take different paths. But we're very blessed. We, we're very close. Where we help each other, support each other. She's a huge. First of all, she was the one who suggested writing the book, and then since then, she's been doing a lot of the the marketing for me, a lot of the you know book shipping for me, a lot of the uh, social media for me. So we, 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 and I shouldn't even say for me, that's actually even the wrong way together. We're doing this, like this is our project and we're having a lot of fun and, um, truly grateful, truly blessed. And, and I think it, it generates, I've, I've joked with her many times in that I'm the life is too short guy and the happiest guy in the world because of her. And I, I think that's a big part of it. I really do. I think when you, when you find your, your soulmate or someone you love, it could be husband, wife, it, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it, uh, it could just be a very close friendship, whatever it is. We, we, one of the principles I talk about in the book is can't make it alone and none of us can make it alone. And, and we really need strong, deep, meaningful relationships with those around us and, and people that we love and trust and so on and so forth. And um, I think it, it contributes in a meaningful way to my positive attitude, to my happiness, to my gratefulness. And the fact that you and she took on this project together and, and are doing it together. So many couples, they end up doing their, I'm sure you know some people that they end up, he's, he's off playing golf and she's off doing this and they're not doing stuff together. It's important to do it together, don't you think? No doubt. We do a lot of things together. We have separate lives. There's no doubt about it. And you mentioned golf. I play golf, although she started playing golf, which I'm grateful for. She plays tennis and I'm just not going to do that. But um, we do do a lot together. We, we really do. In this project, I, I tell people that uh, when they ask me, what's your favorite part of this? Or what are some of the, the best things about the book? And it, it's two answers I always give. It's one, the feedback that I already talked to you about. And the feedback's been a, there's nothing more gratifying in my life. Like getting people to send me notes, texts, emails, people I went to high school with. I mean, literally someone I went to high school with recently sent me a note about how, what an impact, what an amazing book, how it really made her think, reflect, change her perspective. That's beautiful. And the ability to do this with my wife as a joint project has been so much fun. 
and you're doing it really, really well. By the way, Scott White is his name. He's written the book, The Life is Too Short Guy. And what's the uh, subtitle again? Strategies to Make Every Day the Best Day Ever. And why wouldn't anybody want that? It seems to me that that, that is a pretty easy, I want to wake up today and have a wonderful day and feel great about uh, what I'm doing and stuff. But there are people that like to drown in their sorrow because I, I don't know if it gets them attention or what it is. What well, are you that, thinking? That, look, those are the people. You know, everyone can read this book. As you said, who wouldn't want that? People ask me, who's your target audience? And I say, well, who wouldn't want to live a happier life? I think that this, this, these principles, this book, the concepts are applicable to high school students. I think they're applicable to people starting a new job, starting in a new city, people dealing or overcoming some sort of setback, illness, death, whatever. People that maybe just feel like they're, they're kind of stuck there. They're in a job, they're in a relationship, whatever the case may be. Or maybe people that are super positive and super happy and just want to pick up some tips and some ideas and some concepts. It's, it's very broadly applicable. And it, it, I'd say often tell people, because you, you just asked the question, Matt, you know, there's certain people that are just kind of drowning in their woes and their sorrows. That's fine. You know what? Everyone has their own approach to life. The point is, if you read the book, you think about the concepts, you listen to what you and I are talking about. What if you just did one, 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 one little thing <laughs> each day, right? I'm not, I'm not transforming your entire life. One extra smile right? So you're miserable, you're upset, you've had a rough day, things aren't going well, woe is me. And as you listen to this nut talking on the show, you're like, you know, smiling isn't so bad. For that one second, you feel better. Think about the ripple effect we have if everyone could smile a little bit more. Think about the ripple effect we could have if everyone could just celebrate one win every day. Something you did today is worth celebrating. Stop and reflect for, for five seconds what did I do today that's worth celebrating? You can find it. You absolutely could. I don't care how bad your day was. You could find it. Find opportunities to laugh. There's always an opportunity to laugh. No matter how bad the situation is, laugh often. Laugh with others. Laugh at yourself. I, I give a story in the book that um, it, it, I want to really prove the point that you could find humor anywhere. And people say to me, well, I'm not a very funny person or what? It doesn't matter. You could find humor. And, and one of the examples or stories I tell in the book um, unfortunately my father passed away about 17 years ago now. And, and it was a, a big wake up call for me, a big sort of, uh, in, in the book I write, there were four major aha moments for me that, that helped me with this perspective and attitude. And one of them was, was the passing of my father. And I remember being at the funeral and, um, it's right before kind of the guests come in. So you're at the funeral home and it's just a private viewing with the family. The coffin is open. And I'm standing there with my brother and I'm standing there with, with, you know, immediate families, probably six or seven of us in the room. And you could hear the guests in the back, probably the lowest moment of my life. And my phone rings, my phone rings. Now, most people I think would, would have one of two reactions. Either they'll scramble to, to mute it, to be like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. Or people will look at you like he couldn't remember to mute his phone. Like of all the moments instead, I reached in my pocket, grabbed it out. I'm looking down at the coffin I'm like, hey, dad, what are you up to? How are you? <laughs> People in the room, media family, they, they pause from it like they gasp, like. <laughs> and then everyone just started cracking up. The point is, it was the worst moment of my life. I found a way to find humor, embrace humor. And, and that gets back to your question about, you know, for some people, it may be just a bad day, a bad moment, whatever. Find humor, smile, find positivity, work on it, be proactive, be deliberate. You could do it and you can live a slightly better life. 
each day. And I can tell you sitting here, your dad is extraordinarily proud of you. Oh, thank you so much, Kevin. That's very kind of you. I, I believe that. I know it to be true. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that I, I really honestly do have a problem with. And that is there are people, and I know one of them, who her parents, her parents passed away within a year of each other 20 years ago. She is still in grief over the loss of her parents 20 years later. And I can tell her, and I have told her this in the past, is that, did your parents love you? Well, yeah, and I love them. And we, we were a great family, and that's why I'm so devastated. And said, they love you. They want you to be happy. They don't want you to be grieving for them. Their life is over. They know that. Great. They want you to be happy and to live your life like every day is, is like your last day. And, and there are, she didn't want, she didn't, it was now comfortable after 20 years for her to feel that way. And so she just kept feeding that rather than to say, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to bless them. They're with me always. I love them completely, but I'm going to move on and live my life to the best as a, if nothing else, as a tribute to them and as being their, her parents. Um, am I, am I cracked or is that, is, is that a good thing? No, look, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think you, you, look, I can't give advice or guidance on how people grieve. What I would say is I immediately look for the positive. Like, as you just told that story, like a life, I don't even know the story. I don't know the person. I don't know the facts. The first light bulb that went off my head, and this is how I think is her parents died within one year of each other. That is wonderful. You know why? Because I can't fathom living without my wife and I can't fathom her living without me. And if we could die on the same day, I can't think of anything better. Honestly, if it, we're all gonna die, right? I mean, we can pretend it's not gonna happen, but that's the reality, we're all gonna die. So if you told me this couple, and I, I assume, I hope, I believe they were madly in love with each other, they had a wonderful relationship. If they died within one year. I think that's, a, if I were the kid, the, the, the son or daughter of those, they're like, wow, that's great. Cause mom or dad didn't have to grieve for the next X, period of time or whatever so, so that's my initial reaction without even hearing all the facts <laughs> it's it, it's funny because my well it's not well it is two um two years ago my mom passed away and uh she was 90 wow. she had my dad had done very very well in business he was an executive for nordstrom for 30 years during their growth period so he he had profit sharing and he did really well and she um um, she lived a great life. She could go play, do anything she wanted to do. And she went, she went to bed one night. She played bridge on Wednesday at dinner on Thursday and went to bed and died on Friday. And I am, I'm not grieving because she had a great life right? and I know where she is. So I don't have to worry about it and, and stuff. So it's, it's great. It's great that all of that happened by the way. Scott White, you have a website that they need to go to. I do. I'd love for people to come visit me at lifeistoshortguy.com. That's lifeistoshortguy.com. And you can find out more about me. You can find out about the book. Find out about my speaking engagements. Um, you can also uh, buy the book either at the website or on amazon.com. And I would really, really, really would love for you to, if you buy the book, and I know you'll like it, send them a note. Oh, yeah. 
a lot of a lot of people don't get the get the feedback oh, from, of how it means what it means to them. But but the huge the, the Scott would love for you to send them the feedback. Agreed, agreed, Kevin. Thank you for mentioning that. That's like I said a few times now, been the best part of this journey so far. It's just starting. I'm only two months onto this journey. Yeah, how do you like being a keynote? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love getting up there, making people smile, making people think, knowing that I'm having a positive impact on the people that I'm speaking to. I, I come out as you could probably guess from this super high energy, fired up. I'm, um, you know, rah rah, let's do this, and and I try to give people real action items to take away. So it's not just a theoretical, you know, this academic said or this report said. Empirical evidence demonstrates this. It's kind of look you in the face and be like. Here are some of the things you need to do every day. I, I start by telling people, um, and I remember what you and I talked about this before. I always ask people, what was your first thought when you wake up in the morning? Do you remember your first thought today? Who, me? Sure. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, my first thought was, uh, Demi's going to work. She's my assistant. Um, that means I have to get up now. So, so, yeah, so it wasn't a particularly positive thing. It wasn't like, Oh, goody. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I get to get up and I get to go to work and I get to do this. It was like, oh, that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. I tell people and, and I talk about this um, when I get my keynote. I said that you have three sets of lenses or glasses sitting next to your bed. And most people, I think, pick up kind of the lenses that you just picked up. The I call them kind of blurry lenses. All right. It's Monday and it's uh, I don't know. I got a got a bunch of things I got to do today. And um, uh, I guess I got to get up. OK, that's fine. Then there are the muddy lenses. Those are bad. But And unfortunately, have those. It's cold. It's dark. I'm tired. I can't get out of bed. I don't feel like doing this. Oh, it's Monday. I can't believe it's Monday. Why can't you make a little bit of an effort? It doesn't require a lot, but be thoughtful and proactive. And it's amazing to me how many times I've said this to people. I hear this back at me all the time that people try this. and like, you know what? It's a great idea and it's easy. Wake up with those lenses exactly like you just said. Yeah, it's Monday. It's March. I'm excited. It's basketball season. I got the chance to talk to Kevin later today. I have a full day. Oh, that's my wife in bed next to me. My daughter's in the room next door. Life is great. Boom. I'm 10 seconds into the day and I've already set the tone for the day. Now I understand and the skeptic listening to this and, and rightfully so setting that tone doesn't mean the day is going to go perfect. They're going to be pivots. They're going to be pitfalls. I'm going to step out of bed and who knows, maybe I'll break my ankle. But why didn't, wouldn't I start with a positive, like, today's going to be an amazing day, instead of setting the tone for, oh, another Monday. But even if things, if you set the tone like you're suggesting, even if the things don't go well all day long, the, their impact is a lot less. Uh, no doubt. Um, and, and you keep using those, those lenses, right? So I just said, I set that to bed and accidentally broke my leg. But, okay, at least... It could be fixed. It could be healed. I'm not paralyzed. The other leg is working fine. My arms are fine. I, I have the wherewithal, the, the financial and intellectual ability to go to the doctor to get it fixed. So there's so many permutations you can go through in that bad moment to realize, yes, something bad has happened and you can't pretend it didn't. And by the way, we're all human. I'm not going to be like, yes, I broke my leg. That's stupid, right? You, you wouldn't believe me. But you could find ways to, to find the positive, to it could be worse, to be grateful. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people to think about. Quick story for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when um, I, I was moving into this apart in this place uh, three years ago, I fell and I um, tore my rotator cuff uh, this arm and had to have surgery to fix it. And I was driving a bus at the time, and so I was off work. And then my son said to me one day, about two months into the after the surgery, and I was still in a uh, brace. 
Uh, my son said, hey, would you take care of my puppy for me? I want to go hiking, and he's too, he, she's too little. And he was eight week old. And so I said, well, yeah, I can do that. It's, it's, she's just a little thing. It won't be a big deal. Well, I didn't realize that uh, Labradors like to get in between your legs when, when you're walking. And so I, I had gone to get the mail, and I was coming in, and I turned and go the other direction. And uh, she got in between my legs. I fell. And I couldn't brace myself with this arm because this was, and so I tore the tricep tendon completely oh. off on the other arm. And so <laughs> I'm lying there going, okay, I can't use this arm to get up. This arm doesn't work anymore. Oh. Um, and so now, so what do I do now? So I, I, I just crawled and didn't even crawl it was just just like a backslid over to where my phone was it was on the table and i called 911 and uh and she said 911 how can i help you and i said you're not going to believe this but i've fallen and i can't get up <laughs> great said, attitude great perspective funny things are everywhere she said, excuse me. And I said, I honestly, I've fallen and I can't get up. And so can you send somebody to, to help me up? And I'm a little heavier. So you're going to need two big guys. <laughs> so, so, so you're right. It's all perspective. It's all perspective. And it allowed me to be able to do, you know, I said, I had to have surgery there. Uh, and, uh, they were trying to get me to wear a brace on both arms. Could you imagine that? Have wearing a brace on both arms and trying to walk around at work. So, but, you know, the, the, but great things, funny things happen to us in life. Funny and things are and, everywhere. You know, so it's great fun. I, you know, I got to honor your time and I don't want to take a lot of your time because you're on the East Coast and it's, it's dinner time. <clears throat> have you had dinner yet? I have right before the show. I, I grabbed a quick bite. Oh, very good. Well, well, maybe there's, there's more out there. Maybe there's dessert and maybe, maybe dessert after the show. Oh, very, very nice. And say, by the way, uh, say hello to your lovely wife. I'm not going to ask her name because I don't want to get it out there. But uh, um, and she, she tell her she married the right guy. I'll do that. But more importantly, I married the right woman. Hey, that's why they call it, you know, a marriage. It works. It works. And, and so is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? I would just say, uh, take away some key messages, take away and, and live today as the best day ever smile, enjoy life. Minutes matter. You only have so many in your life. Why waste them? Why lose time on negativity, on pessimism, when you could focus on optimism, on happiness, on gratefulness, on humor. And we all have setbacks, but, but we find ways to overcome those make today the best day ever go to sleep, wake up tomorrow and do it again. And do it again happily. Um, Scott White has been our guest, and the Life is Too Short Guy is the name of the book. And go get it. It's just out now, but I suspect it's already been an Amazon number one bestseller. So I suspect it's going to do extremely well because I don't know if you've noticed, but your message is very important in this particular time. We, we, we could use some positivity. No doubt. We all can. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Can, can I bother you again for you to come back? I'd be happy to. I love it. I really do enjoy talking to you. Let me know when you want me back, Kevin. I, I will I will do that and uh, wait right there for just a second and I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. 
I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.